0: with a nice cup of Morning Roast. Featuring... the are finest. Monte here. The pride of the Excelsior. Joe your boy Shasky. You're listening to 95. 7 again, the Morning Roast. Oh!
1: Good morning, everybody. Getting off their graveyard shift to all the overnight dancers. Hopefully, you made a lot of cash last night. Good morning to all the cops, highway patrol officers. Met, high with, met a retiree at the De La Salle game last Saturday. Don't remember his name, but he, he said, great show. I listen all the time. Uh, his daughter was a cheerleader at Carondelet. I uh, had a good time watching Dave Sal beat up on Clovis North. They're going to the state championship. Um, Jaden Jefferson, my nephew, had an 81 yard touchdown on the sweep, man. No showed way. off the speed. Yeah, showed off the speed. Awesome. Shut off the burners. That was awesome. But good morning, everybody out there. Uh, YouTube and Twitch. Uh, YouTube and Twitch, good morning to you. Comcast Business Text Line as well. We got a great, well, I'm not going to say, I'm going to let it play out, but it feels like we have a good show planned. Feels like it. Feels like Why is that? Absolutely incredible. Well, we got Baldy at 7 30. Baldy's breakdown at 7 30. Cannot you, wait for that.
2: Did you see how many videos he put out? Oh, of course. On I watched Niners' every, Eagles. I,
1: I, I've watched every single one.
2: Chop swat. Chop swat.
1: I mean. You talk about Trent Williams?
2: Chop swat. Chop swat. <laughs> he did a Brock Purdy, <laughs> yeah, oh, a George Kittle, a, a Debo Samuel. Did it all. I mean, it was just incredible how many videos he did. No, there's a lot that I want to break down because we know that he's. I guess I would put it, he looks at the Eagles through a very unemotional lens and sees them for who they truly are. And he watches them every single Mm -hmm. week. How much was yesterday? Like, believe me, it was a great win. But how much of that was, man, they played three games in 13 days. And they played a lot of snaps week after week. Some guys were out. They're getting some guys back. They just acquired Shaq Leonard. Like, uh, are there some things that that they're going to do differently down the stretch? What's sustainable? What's not? I'm telling
1: you, yesterday... And a lot of people. And I want to ask him this: DeAndre Swift got six carries. DeAndre Swift has been a top three running back in the NFC. I mean, who else? It's been Christian McCaffrey. Who else? Who else? Bijan Robinson doesn't get enough carries. Uh, no, DeAndre Swift so, has been
2: one of the best running backs in the league. Uh, that's s- s- he got six inar- carries. Inarguable. He got six carries.
1: So I want to know not only that. They also missed Dallas Goddard. Nobody talked about well, it. Dallas Goddard, Goddard the is, tight end, yes. is Jalen Hurts' safety valve. So when he's running around, running around, running around, you got Dallas Goddard going down the field, seven yards, turns around with a little comeback route or an out route. So they're going to get some guys back. If we see Philadelphia again, it's going to be a lot different, I believe. Not in terms of the win-loss. I still mm-hmm. believe the Niners have a better team. But their game plan, their strategy will be tweaked. There's no doubt about that. But we will celebrate the 42-19 win because it was an absolute beatdown. Um, 13. Three games in 13 days. You can't dismiss that. If we talked about the Niners playing all these teams coming off a of bye week, whether it was Minnesota, whether it was Cleveland, whether it was Cincinnati on a short week, do we have to give the Eagles, we have to grant them that excuse. We have to. We did it. We built it in for us. We have to build it in for them. But otherwise, the Niners were the better team, no doubt about it. I don't care if they didn't play a game for a month. The Niners kicked their ass. So we'll talk to Baldy at 730. Howard Eskin. One of the few people in Philadelphia who doesn't duck the smoke. And Howard Eskin, you guys know who he is. Sports Radio 94 WIP. There's a lot of guys out there who talk in Philadelphia. And when they lose, especially to the 49ers, they don't respond. I haven't heard from Elliot Shore Parks about the Niners being the most overrated contender in years. Haven't heard from John Marks. Haven't heard from Joe
3: and Hugh. I feel like they're a little bit soft.
1: Yeah, and I had definitely ever heard from Joe Fortenball, who all of a sudden became an Eagles fan last January. Quiet on the set. So we'll talk to Howard Eskin because he doesn't duck the smoke. And then we have a treat for everybody at the end of the show. Kyle, you check the fullback of the 49ers. Oh, very cool. And it's going to be a lot of fun to talk. I want to know, first thing I want to know, who came up with the idea to wear all-black to this football game? Because I believe, the Niners believe, That the Eagles are now their number one rival. As we get ready for Seahawk week, it feels like the Eagles are the Cowboys of the Niners now. Of the 90s now. It does
2: have that feeling right Doesn't it? It really does have that feeling. I mean, did you see the video that I sent to the group thread? And I'm sure you saw it circulating across the internet. It was Debo Samuel, Trent Williams. Behind them, Burford. Chase Young <laughs> way at the front, uh, and Jawan Jennings, and the entire team coming out with yep. the boombox, yep. the, and then going into the tunnel. And Eagle fans are screaming explicit. Uh, well, what are they called? You know, Explicious. swear words, Explicious. if you will. To Debo Samuel, just screaming crazy nonsense, and they're just getting hyped and ready to. go. There was an edge to this team. That you could feel, and you talked about it coming off the buses, seeing all the videos circulating, and everything. Boy, it really did feel like this game mattered a lot to them. Now I don't know how much it mattered to Philadelphia. No, I know, it mattered. It baked mattered. into all of the, you know, them being tired and uh, that—that's all real. The thing that I can't get away from, B, and and I I mean this, like I hear you on DeAndre Swift. Goddard is a huge loss, no question about it. We can argue about how important DeAndre's been to them, and I think he's been very important to them. I also think that he's not a bell cow back, and you get late in the season, and we'll see where he's at health wise. Yeah. Their defensive personnel, though, how are they going to upgrade linebackers who can run and cover against this team? That's to me, that's the question yeah. that I have. Most importantly, how are they going to shore up the middle of the field? Because I feel like we ate them alive in the middle of the well, field. Well,
1: that's the thing that Philadelphia is going to have to do against the Forty Niners, and I don't think, and I don't think they're going to be able to do this. They're going to have to score the 49ers. Their best defense is going to have to be their offense. Yes, They're going to have to play ball control offense. They're going to have to keep the – like they did on the the first drive of the game, but they got to score touchdowns. And didn't they – before that game, didn't they have a – what was it, 13 straight trips into the red zone in which they scored a touchdown or 14 straight trips into the red zone where they scored a touchdown? It was an NFL record. NFL record. So if they don't score, they don't score. In the red zone, and they don't convert those into touchdowns, it's going to be a long day for them. Because you're right, their defense, outside of their front five, and their front five has to be hellacious. They've got to get to the quarterback relentlessly. You're not. You're just not going to do that every single game. You're not. Not every single snap, not every single game. Their linebackers are a weakness. Their secondary is even weaker. They miss Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. They really do. He's a ball hawk. Kevin Byers, good safety, Absolutely. very good safety. But the ball hawk that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is, Bayard is not that. So their defense is not going to get better. Shaq Leonard, it's a reason why he got cut by the Colts. Uh, He's an injury. He's injury prone. It is what it is. So I don't see them getting better in the back end. So their offense is going to have to score. And they're going to have to score, 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 score. And I don't think that's capable. I don't think they're capable of doing that against the Niner's defense. <laughs>
2: well, um, well, I don't know. I, I thought they had a lot of success on those slants early on. Uh, A.J. Brown is, is still a monster. I, I, the next matchup will be very, very different than what we saw on Sunday. Do not think that that's going to roll over into the next matchup. I think we all agree there. And let's see where we're at health-wise. Five. Six weeks from now. Let's see where they're at health-wise. Five, six weeks from now. A lot of things can change. I mean, you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars this morning. They feel like a very different team when Trevor Lawrence looks like he's going to be out for at least a couple of weeks. Well, they're fraudulent anyway. I, I mean, would agree I, on I, that.
1: Look, in the entire We can get into the conversation a little bit later, but the HC's is overrated. It is. You look at their top teams right now, Miami. Come on, Miami hasn't beaten a good team all season.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I, I feel better about them today with no Joe Burrow in the division and seeing Kansas oh. City at the, that, early, the beginning of the year. I didn't think they were a contender. C- they could come out of the AFC. Who yeah, knows? But, and, and if
1: they do, they're gonna get smacked by either the Eagles, uh, Cowboys, or the 49ers.
2: I subscribe to that.
1: Yes. Because because they've lost guys on defense. I mean Jalen Phillips. Jalen out Phillips is year. out for the years, yeah. having a career season. Yeah. They've got injuries galore on that defensive side. They're working out Ruben Foster today. To play linebacker, Ruben you know Foster. Bad. That's when you're down bad. You're what working was the out last Ruben time Foster. He played in a game. I don't know. I think the Commanders, maybe. Now, that's Jake? a name I've
0: not heard in a long time.
1: So, so I'm not. <laughs> I, so, so when I think everyone. about these teams, you know, the AFC, I'm not worried. You know, it's so fortunate what happened to Trevor Lawrence, man. That really stunk. But for them to come out and get lit up by Jake Browning, who, by the way, went to Folsom High School up there in the Sacramento area. And went to UW I and actually led them to a college football believe. playoff. Go Huskies. Go Huskies. They're going to beat Texas, by the way. Minus plus four. Give me, give me Pennix Jr., who I may want over Kayla Williams. I may want Pennix Jr. over Kayla Williams. That guy's won me Where'd over.
0: Yeah, truly?
1: He was on me over. Um, But, no, the 49ers, when it comes to the 49ers and Eagles, no, the Eagles aren't going to get better. So their offense is going to have to score, 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 score. And I don't know if they can do that. I don't know if they can score 30-plus on the 49ers' defense. So that's a tall order. It's a tall order to do to keep up with the 49ers right now. So we'll see about them. But it does feel like they're the number one rival. Absolutely. And I'm looking at them, and and look, I'm telling you, man, you can say what you want about DeAndre Swift, whether he's a bell cow. He should at least have 14 touches. He's a guy who needs 14 touches. They just quit on the running game. I, I, I can't wait to ask Baldy what happened. Why did they just get so pass-happy? It was a one-score game through two-and-a-half quarters. I'm just looking at it from the other side because the Niners were doing their thing. Eight of their last nine, they converted on third down. Uh, And when they didn't convert to third down, they converted to fourth down. So the Niners were rolling. But I'm looking at it on the other side and was like, man, that game plan. That's the game plan for Philadelphia? we are going to get smoked. They come back with that same game plan.
2: Well, uh, you know, I'm looking at it right now, and it does feel like Niners-Eagles, Niners-Eagles, Niners-Eagles. I'm not sleeping on the Cowboys, though. I know everyone wants to say that they can't win a big playoff game. Dak's having maybe his best season ever. And he's been excellent. I, I do think that, that defense is excellent. And they've got guys who are having career years in interceptions in the back end of that secondary. I fear uh, Micah Parsons. And I think that their team speed is clearly there. And CeeDee Lamb has been an unbelievable weapon this year. So I'm not writing them off. I'm also not writing off Detroit. I, I think we can go to Detroit and win. But, you know, Detroit's plucky. Detroit's I'm plucky. writing Detroit off. All the way off? I'm writing Detroit off. Do you believe Jerry Off is coming to Levi Stadium. Oh well, against the Niners specifically. I'm just saying in general, I think you know they could what? knock somebody off. Who, who? The, the first round wild card game Yeah, at I think they can win a playoff
1: game. Okay, they they might not. No, no, I. I that's the Green Bay Packers too. just went there and smacked them on Thanksgiving. I'm well, taking Green Bay over Detroit. Gre- Green Bay feels
2: like a playoff lock right now. Am I, the, am I tripping? What about the L.A. Rams? Well, i I t- take the L.A. Rams over Detroit right I, now. I want to see what happens with Nakua's injury because that's a big loss for it them. He, he's a zone killer. So I'm not worried about Detroit. I'm not
1: worried about I'm Dallas. I'm just trying to give them some respect. Oh, well, now nah, you want to give them respect. By the way, respect the Roasters today. We respect the Roasters because we're going to give away some tickets. To tickets, what? Tickets, tickets. To what? Oh the, my God! To the Go to State Warriors home game against the Port Luchero Blazers tomorrow, and the first ten thousand fans get a Draymond Green bobblehead, and it talks. Let's go. Absolutely incredible! I was just. Dumb nation, gonna... let's go! If you're on YouTube Draymond, right now, Draymond Green bobblehead, Bate. and it's a pretty cool one. He's flexing at the mm-hmm. podium with a headset on, with the blazer over his uniform. First ten thousand fans. Get a Jerry Mark Reed Bobblehead. We're giving out tickets. And we're I gonna like do that. Warriors. We're gonna do that around 725. That's right, 725 for your tickets to any Warriors Game. As always, go to Warriors.com.
2: You know, yesterday was such a wild day in terms of callers and euphoria from Niner fans. We just completely omitted the fact that Uncle Gene called in with a rap poem spoken over Christmas music that was old time
1: oh yeah what about i'm
2: um, uh, i'm a little uh, yeah, i was a little in shock hey what about coal in his city what about oh, this call i heard from multiple people that said that was the call of the year
1: <laughs> well we'll see we shall see let's
2: go down to australia what? Aussie I'll see Aussie. aussie. Oi, oi, oi.
1: What? We're going down to Jaden in Australia. Norman? Jayden in Australia. Hey, look. I have a lot of fans we're in Australia. Going Australia. I used to yeah? go on I used to go on their station in Melbourne, Australia oh, yeah, a long time. Midnight hits. Yeah, I used to do those. I used to do all those Australian hits. I love them. Jayden in Australia. What's happening? What's happening down under?
0: Dante, what, what's good, Bonte? What's good, Joe? Hey, so I'm from the Excelsior, you know, just been down here in Sydney a couple months now. but what? I had to call in. I meant to call in yesterday, you know, euphoria, all that, but uh, your boy wasn't working the overnight shift last night, so these are the hours. I, I just got off my shift right now. Nice. But, uh, man, just had to call in.
1: What you got? What, what do you got about this statement, when? How was it watching it down there, down under?
0: Well... One thing I've been having a little trouble is uh, finding a spot to open up eight o'clock in the morning, you know, because that's most uh, one o'clock kickoff. So one o'clock in the morning, you know, your boy likes to have a little cold one going on, but, uh, you know, socially acceptable behavior, you know, but like, you know, being what it is, but really just looking forward to Baldy these going on a little later and. Also, just wanted to say, we got a lot of Dead representing out here, down here, and um, really? I'm really going to push back, man, a lot on trade play, this trade play. And I'm like, man, yo, y'all don't understand about the Bay Area look that we got going on. So don't worry, I'm, you know, holding on, hold, holding the fort down. But uh, yeah, man, this first time, long time. I mean, been listening to y'all for years. uh Lot of way I'll represent the city, of you like Joe. Lot of way you represent the E. Thanks, bro. And uh just keep holding it down, fellas. I'll be uh, I'll, I'll be tapping in soon.
2: And hey, good luck down under, all right? I uh, Their wildlife is very unique down there. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Bonte. Have you ever been down there?
1: No. You never left the Bay Area.
2: How do you know about Australia? Uh, uh, trust me, because the golfing oh. is huge in the sand belt. Coffee. Yes, I follow Michael Clayton Golf, and I know all about Australia through this guy. I'm telling you, oh, I, I know me, it sounds
1: completely me on Australia. I well, Melbourne,
2: Melbourne is one of the great classic courses yes. of all time. They had a Presidents Cup there recently, <laughs> and it is a unbelievable linksy style golf course. It's right. it's world class.
1: All right, what about the city? Because that's what we ain't well, Melbourne's got golf.
2: unbelievable architecture. Sure, I mean, everybody knows that. Well, well,
1: you know, I've had a couple buddies who've got. I almost studied abroad in Australia. Really? Yeah, I almost studied abroad. I was getting into my pro career. I was going to be in. Uh, I was going to be in Melbourne. I was going to be in Melbourne at their broadcast journalism school. But I had my buddy Drew Pate stayed out there in Melbourne for half a year. I uh, met a lot of Australians out in Italy. Out in Italy, really? Yeah, there was a lot of Aussies huh. out there. She's an um, Italian. Got a friend down there living down there now, uh, Emily. She's been down there for like three years in Australia. Australia's a great city, great country, yeah. great country. Sydney, Brisbane, uh, 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 uh Melbourne. I mean, if that's delicious, uh, my guy, Action Bronson, was down there eating food for about three weeks. I used to watch that show. Uh, great nightlife in Australia. Great nightlife. Oh my gosh, that's why I didn't go. Because I said, I said, man, if I go down there, all I'm going to do is <laughs> that's party. The reason, huh? No, seriously,
2: that's why I didn't go. I said I need to be locked in. I will not be locked in on school if I come some, down here right, to Australia. Some of our roasters out there, crocodile Dundee meme, and put Bonte's face on there. You talk about that's the not car. a knife. I'm talking about the this city. is a knife.
1: <laughs> well, don't do that. Don't that do you that. don't remember that? That's oh, one I do of the great that. crocodile Dundee lines. Yeah, I remember crocodile Dundee. I do. I do. What's their station down there? What is the station? Is it uh
2: SE? NS. Oh, I know they're very big in rugby, and they're very yeah. big in football.
1: Yeah, very egg cricket, Egg
2: cricket, cricket. Yes, absolutely, cricket. cricket. There absolutely. it is, uh, and I know golf's huge.
1: Sen, Sen, that's right. One 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 six Sen. So go in there all the time. I, I they still follow me out there. Sen breakfast. Those are my guys. They always talk Warriors, Niners. It'd be a little delay. Well, wasn't it because oh. of Bogut? Uh. They did love Bogut. Yeah. But I would go on. This is when I, when Bogut was long gone. I mean, I got about 100 followers from Australia. I love them. I love Australia, man. I had, I, that's on my bucket list. And I'm not talking about golf. Talk talking about the Opera House. Maybe the Australian Open. The Australian Open, Shasky. I don't know if you know this. They had to get the retractable roofs. Very hot. It gets so hot yeah. down there. 102 degrees. Humid. These guys, girls and guys, used to play outdoors at the Australian Open. They had to get a roof over that bad boy.
2: And they have the opposite like weather of us. So their summer is like January. So mm-hmm. like that's obviously the yes. first leg of the Grand Slam. So Australian Open's very hot and humid. More of attrition out there, Bonte. Yeah.
1: What is that flight like? Twenty four hours? Twenty two hours?
2: That's the thing for me. That's gonna, long time. Yeah, that's the thing for me. That's going to be the determinant. But to be honest, I don't think I see myself going to Australia in my life. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I will. Twenty three hour flight.
1: I can barely class. do a one hour flight. You've got to go first class, baby. Save up for first class. 22, 24 hours. So usually they have layovers. So like 19 they'll fly hours, direct direct hours. nineteen nineteen hours direct Sydney. Yeah, but some people like they'll layover somewhere. Right? They'll layover. I don't know. We're like on like the Canary Islands. <laughs> maybe that'd be doubt. cool. Where's
2: where there to lay over? I, LA I don't know.
1: I, I I don't pretend Hawaii, to know. Hawaii, maybe. You can go to uh, Tokyo, Japan. It's a little out of the way. No, it's on the
2: same side.
1: Right, you can going go to Tokyo. To,
2: if you're going from San Francisco to like Sydney, it's like a total different. No. It's the same direction, right? a little bit right? further north. It's well, yes, the same what, direction, but one's a little bit more north than the what other. What is going on here? Exactly. Whenever I think of Australia, I always get these, like, Australian man fights a kangaroo. Like, those videos come flying up on YouTube or on Twitter, and I'm like, dude, those kangaroos, man, look, James, they'll mess you, you can up. can do the
1: Bangkok-Thailand layover. Jay LaFray, worth it when you see the woman there. Jay LaFray's been the house I'm telling you to single guys go to Australia. I'm telling you. I'm
0: telling you. I did slide in the DMs to say hi.
1: Um...
2: Hong Kong is 16 hours away from uh, SFO. Yeah, you can go to Australia. Look, I'm I'm still recovering from a one-hour flight to Vegas back and forth, okay? Your boy is hurting. Hurting. All right. I've I've swallowed so many aspirins in the last four days. That's not good for you, Yeah, Thanks. (laughs) That's not good. Why are you swallowing aspirins? Well, the doc was like, maybe you should lay off the aspirins. And I said, you should have told me that 28 years ago. Why are you swallowing aspirins? The the whole body is falling apart. My legs are just... Jesus Christ. You know what it is, God what I, I realized? I was talking to Brent Sullivan about this last night. When, when you do the, the baseball, one, two, and get down and get ready, uh, it's just uh, your oh. thighs, your quads.
1: All right, we're going to break. Uh, Fazi, just real quick, went to Australia, had a layover in Hawaii, five hours to Hawaii plus 14 hours to Melbourne.
0: Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone.
1: not a bad layover. No, no, Hawaii. Hawaii's not bad, yes. Go to Hawaii and then go to Melbourne. Well, let's, let's, let's talk
2: college football playoff I, mean, you're, you're, I do want to get into maybe that.
1: Maybe they'll play a game in Hawaii or Australia. I want to go to Australia now. Uh, what's coming up on the game is sponsored by Fremont Bank, full-service baking. no compromises. More geography lessons from the one and only, Bonte Hill. This is Clay Thompson,
2: and you are listening to The Morning Roast on ninety five seven. The Game.
0: Do you
1: know the hook? I don't know the hook, but I know it has something to do with Australia. Jay Brazil uh, is down there, in Sydney, because I work at the busiest bar in Sydney, Australia. Can't confirm. The nightlife is hopping like a kangaroo. Nightlife hopping like a kangaroo. And I'm telling you, man. I'll show you. in my future. Good one. For free. It's in my future. In my future. There's a three. There you go, Lovin. Thank you. Thank you. By the way, to Sam Lovin, everybody. Good morning to him. Joe Spinotti, producer extraordinaire, Sam Lovin, He's feeling good. He's been in a great mood these last couple of weeks. My guys. Well, you know why? He's bounced back in a major way.
2: Uh, we're going to get into the 49ers some more, and we're going to break down the Seahawks. we got Baldy coming up yeah. in less than an hour, and we've obviously got some stuff that I want to get into regarding college football playoff. But you know why Sam's so hyphy? Why? Because Shohei Otani started following Casey Schmidt. Did you see that on Instagram? He follow started following Schmidt. Logan Webb. I think the Casey Schmidt one is uh, not not true. <laughs> oh, that's not <laughs> why real? The, why the hell was Shohei Otani like, like 98% follow. of the stuff you see on Twitter these days, it was not real. You? What? Why would he why would he follow Casey Schmidt? Why not? Why would he? I'm asking why
1: would he? I mean why me, not? you're gonna follow your
2: future teammate, obviously. Give me exactly. two
1: reasons he'll follow Casey Schmidt before. Because he, he sees the potential in an elite glove. He sees the uh fifty percent swing and miss rate. Casey oh.
2: Schmidt's actually a pretty good follow on Instagram.
1: Yes. Oh hi, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know either, actually. <laughs> so the Giants Giants really in on so the winter meetings are going on in uh Nashville. Yes. Uh, Laura Britt, Carlos Ramirez are out there. Maybe we'll we'll track them down later in the week. Are they really going to sign somebody, the Giants? Are they really in on show? Hey, because I just read that he met with the Blue Jays.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you're not supposed to tell anyone who you've met with when you're you're talking about Shohei. That's like the whole thing. The Dodgers have booked an entire hotel so that no one will know whether he's coming in or coming out and all that. So the Dodgers are like five steps ahead of the Giants in this one. I find it very unlikely that they're going to sign Shohei Otani. They're in on Yamamoto as well. He's the Japanese pitcher that you saw in the World Baseball Classic, 25 years old, basically won the triple crown of pitching two years in a row. They're equivalent of the Cy Young. They want $200 million. I mean, $200 million for a pitcher that you haven't even seen pitch feels a little over the top. He could be good. I don't know. Some guys, you know, Dice K was all-world over there and came over here and was okay. Average. Yeah, you know, Hideki like Yu Darvish Urabu. has been up and down at best. Yeah. At best. And I like Yu Darvish. So uh, it's really difficult to try to project who's going to be good and who's not.
1: I mean, Hideki Arabu went to the Yankees and couldn't get it out. I mean, he was... So, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I don't even... I've never seen this guy pitch. I'd be a little weary of giving the guy $200 million who I'd never see pitch and it'd kind of go against what Farhad has done throughout his tenure as to... President of the Baseball Operations with the Giants. He well, doesn't pay guys. Yeah, I mean,
2: Farhan has obviously seen uh, he's seen Yamamoto pitch in person. Early in October, he temporarily suspended the managerial search to fly to Japan to watch him pitch for the Oryx-Buffalos in a playoff game. So Farhan's not going in completely blind. You can go find his stuff on YouTube, too. Yeah, I mean, but, it's but, a very really simple delivery. But you he, here's is. the thing. So, uh, like, real, and I don't want to get too deep into the weeds on the Giants here, but like, you wouldn't pay Kevin Gosman a hundred million. That's what I'm saying. But you're going to pay a guy two hundred million who's never pitched in the bigs. And look, right. he might be the next coming of of you know whoever. But even Hideo Nomo had to one year and then became an up and down pitcher. Well, but look. the—, the Pitchers are fickle. Some guy, like for example, Sonny Gray, has had some great years and some horrible years, and everything in between. Zach Wheeler it took forever to become a good pitcher. Like this happens in in baseball. Two hundred million for a guy who's never pitched at all.
1: Yeah, I'm with that. I'm not after
2: with that. after not signing Gosman, when you had him in the in, in your back pocket for a hundred million, and you said, "Oh, that fifth year is just too much." Now all of a sudden, there's this huge shul- culture shift. Two years later, I don't know. I, I I find it very interesting. They're all over the map this free agency. I just got a feeling we're going to be underwhelmed, Giants fans, and so I'm not getting my hopes uh, up.
1: Well, I'm I'm going in with an open slate. I'm I'm not going to be as harsh on the Giants as I was last season. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give – everybody's got a clean slate. Farhan's got a clean slate. Bob Melvin's got a clean slate. This team has a clean slate. I'm just going to wait and i react to the information that's given to me. They have to show me with their actions – not their words well like you said the you said the clip yesterday to the thread i didn't click on it i didn't want to hear farhan talk about analytics and <laughs> oh, analytics on the field and it's just blah blah blah, blah, blah. I, I don't i don't really care about that yeah
2: he was being interviewed by the major league baseball network it's not even worth playing because it's basically a word salad of how they're trying to assemble the roster and it's a it's a big nothing burger and i don't expect them to give you anything clear but let's uh, get into something that you are passionate about Because I think everybody's passionate about this. I went to the the Pac-12 championship Friday night. It was really cool. It was like a big-time playoff atmosphere, obviously, given everything that was going on. It was Washington versus Oregon. I got an up-close look at Penix and Bo Nix. I did not come away impressed with Bo Nix at all. Uh, Penix, I really like. I really love their wide receivers. Doomsday is amazing. And I thought that Washington deserved to be in that Final Four after that performance. And all of the talk in Vegas, because it's clearly a gambling town, clearly a f- college football town, because they had so many college fans in the area, was, is the SEC going to get left out of the Final Four? Well, is no. the SEC going to get left out? And I'm thinking, there's no way in the hell they're going to leave out the SEC.
1: Nobody was going to leave out the SEC. I'm actually surprised the SEC didn't get two teams. No.
2: Because
1: because here's the here's the deal. For my Florida State Seminoles got shafted. And I get it. You want to make the argument that Jordan Travis, the loss of that, they had the criteria that if you lose a significant player, that we could use that against you. So they went in. They beat Florida with their backup. And Florida's not an easy game. That's not an easy play. No, it's a rivalry solid game. Solid team. And everybody in rivalry week struggled. Georgia struggled against Georgia Tech. Alabama needed a 4th and 31. They had to convert a 4th and 31 to escape Auburn, a team that lost to New Mexico State the week before, all right? Uh, Michigan, they had one win all year, and that was Ohio State. Don't give me Pitt State. Penn State sucks. I'm sorry, R.C. Davis. Pitt State stinks,
2: all right? They have no offense. They suck. R- quietly, so, I'll, I'll let you continue. That's why I actually think that the Big Ten has no clue – yeah, Washington, and Oregon are legitimate football programs and I think they're going to be really good in the Big 10.
1: Yeah, no, I think so too. So Keep going. I'm sorry. So
2: Washington, Washington
1: I think deserved it. They they shocked me. I bet against them a lot this year, and over and over. they found a Dude, way to win. They've got Oregon three State. sick receivers. Yeah, they've got McMillan. NFLs, NFL receivers. Yeah. And uh, they've got a they've, safety 13 that's a baller. And then they got Muhammad De corner, who's really good. Yeah, yes. And they're front seven. They've got a pass rusher there who's one of the top outside linebackers in all of football. I think they're going to surprise some people. I'm, Texas. I'm with you. Um, but Georgia, if we're going by the four best teams criteria, four best teams in college football, it is Georgia. They are one of the four best teams. Georgia, Alabama, Washington, and maybe Texas. Because I'm telling you, Michigan's going to get slapped. They're going to get slapped all over the Rose Bowl.
2: You, you don't think Michigan has a
1: chance? Uh, I'm going Alabama. I, I would be shocked if Michigan would Like, like you're talking blowout? Or are you talking about just to I, I think Alabama's going to win. Well, they may keep it close because it is college football. We're yeah, and about I don't see here. Alabama, like, being so prolific offensively. I don't know how Michigan is going to move the ball against them. I don't know how they're going to run the ball against Alabama. I don't like McCarthy, the quarterback. Yeah, I don't like him at all. So if we're going by the four best teams, I think Georgia's part of that because I think they're talented and they're deep. And they lost to
2: Alabama by three points. I know. I we act like, like that was a blowout. I don't like their quarterback. I just feel like that they were in so many tight games this year. They felt like they were hanging on by a thread. They are a very good team. They've but, lost but, so much ta- but, but, talent, though, but, the last but, but couple no, years. But
1: they, they still had talent, and they're getting everybody's best shot. You're getting everybody's best shot week in and week out. That's true. And they beat Kentucky. They blew out Kentucky, who was a great team. They blew out Missouri. All right. They blew out Tennessee in Tennessee. Um, so I mean, I, I don't know, man. But Florida State got shafted. And here's the deal: we know what we know what it is. ESPN wanted the four best teams, and they wanted the the two best matchups that could get them the best ratings. Of course. And Florida State's not going to give them the best ratings right now because they don't have a quarterback. And Florida State got screwed. Even though their defense is legit and the top five defense in the country, they got screwed because why? ESPN is in bed with the SEC. They have a new contract coming up in 2024 where all SEC is moving from CBS to exclusively ABC and ESPN. And the ACC is an afterthought for ESPN. They're a second. They're like ESPN Plus. Remember, Texas had their own the Longhorn Network. Yeah, yeah, That's what the ACC Network is like. ACC Network is for ESPN. They don't make anything for them. So, you know, I just think for my entire life, I can go back to '93 where Florida State lost to Notre Dame in South Bend. Yeah, got a chance to play for the national championship against Nebraska. and Notre Dame got left out. Miami got shat in the BCS when they beat Florida State. Yeah, Florida State got the opportunity to play Oklahoma in the national championship game and lost that game over and over and over again in my entire life since I've been watching college football. They cannot figure this thing
2: out. They cannot. Well, they mean, just can't. When you had, uh, before, five conferences and a fourteen playoff, Someone was going to get left out just by yep. by default, right? And yep. then you mix in some of the independent, you know, like a South Florida years ago or a TCU coming out of nowhere. Like, you're going to have this happen. And I, I don't know. I, I, I understand the frustration. It just feels like. It happens every year. Exactly. It happens every year. I'm not we, that. We I'm ready it for it, though. No,
1: but no, I'm ready for it. But th- think about TCU last year. They lose the Big 12 championship. They lose the Big 12 championship. And get granted a spot in a college football playoff. Each year's a little bit. When it should have been Alabama in that college football playoff last year. And TCU, what did what happens? Yeah, they upset Michigan, who I thought was overrated last year. And then they go play Georgia. And they get 65 dropped on them. So, I, I don't know, man. College football, I love it. I will always love it. But they just can't figure it out. They can't figure it out. All right, let's break here. We'll get Jordan Watkins on the other side and wrap up this conversation. Uh, we'll do that. And that'll be coming up. Sponsored by Firmout Bank, full-service banking, no compromises.
0: Now, back to the morning roast with Bonte and Shasky.
1: That's up, that's up. Oh, man, welcome back to the morning roast. On a Tuesday, boy, Niners beating down the Eagles. Yesterday was a lot of fun on the show. YouTube was humming. Comcast Business Text Line was humming. <sighs> what a show. A lot of good calls. 6 5 the Interesting text as we wrap up this college football conversation. Jordan and Union City is on deck, Shasky. But it's great. The 12-team playoff next year will be great. It will be awesome. Yeah, we love brackets. We love brackets. Should have done just 16 teams. Why not just go 16?
2: And I would eliminate the, the championship games. Uh, if you have that many people, like just do a regular season. Yeah,
1: no, and I think they will. You know, I think they're going to limit. They should eliminate to championship game. That's what I league would. title games.
2: Yeah, and it just goes sixteen. Why not just go sixteen? It may not be big here, and like, and I get the Bay Area is very different, but you realize the number two sport in America by viewership by a landslide is college football. No doubt, number one is the NFL. Number two is college football by a landslide. So yeah, I mean, like this—this this is only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger.
1: Um, but Georgia lost one game in three years by three points. Great, great, great point by six-five-zero, and crazy. it will get bigger, and bigger, and bigger. It's crazy. Um, and no, I'm not. A, I like Michigan six-five-zero. Uh, I I do like Michigan. I've always liked them over our Ohio State. I just don't think they're. I think they're a bit overrated. Well, they haven't beat anybody that, that other
2: whole, than Ohio State. That whole conference this year wasn't right.
1: right. I, I just in my estimation, yeah, I don't, I don't like JJ McCarthy. Now, if he could prove me wrong, I'm going to that Rose Bowl game. I'm going to that game, Michigan, really? Alabama. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, big dog's already booked the flight. I'm flying in that day. Uh, we're going to that one. Um, 0 Stephen A. Smith said yesterday that if Pride was coaching the FSU, they'd be in. That'd be interesting.
2: Probably. That'd be interesting. I think part of the you know baked into the Alabama you know stuff. Is Saban. Like I, yep. I it's not the end all be all, but having Saban on the television yep. draws people to either hate or root for him. No He's doubt. a very polarizing uh coach. Uh I think Saban, man, Saban steals his championship. <sighs>
1: Whoa. <sighs> uh Jordan Union City. Jordan, what's happening? What's up,
3: my guys? Good what's morning. Up, How we doing? Good. I'm man. doing good. Good, Jay J- J- Dub. Good, good. So, funny story, real quick. I actually, because I know y'all were talking about Australia a little earlier, I missed out on pretty much a free trip to Australia by one year uh, because the year after I graduated, Stanford opened up the season against Rice in Australia. Oh, so um, oh. that was that. That was brutal. Just to, <laughs> y'all, y'all brought that memory back up in my mind. But um, no, about the playoffs, it's. I think Washington really does have a good chance to win this. And I know there are a lot of people on the East Coast and whatnot that haven't really paid much attention to them because that's what happens. But um, like y'all said, I think this is the best receiving group in the in the, uh, in mm. the, the whole country. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have playmakers every, on every level of that defense, right? Braylon Trice, first-round edge. Uh, Carson Brunner feels like he's been in college for forever, makes plays all over the field. Y'all talked about safety and Muhammad, who's come on strong as of late. But what's crazy... And what's going to be hard for them, the two times that Washington has made the playoff now, they've had to go to the South and play a Southern-based team. Like, they played, remember, they played Washington, I mean, they played Alabama. In Atlanta. In Atlanta. Yep. And then now they got to go to New Orleans to play Texas. So, like, yep. that's going to be really tough. Do you know
1: what, Jordan? They beat Texas in the Alamo Bowl last year. I know it's a small bowl. They did go to San Antonio right. and beat Texas in their home state.
3: No, that's. I mean, that's a very good point. And, I mean, it's like you said, it's so it's so crazy and sad that we're calling the Alamo Bowl. I mean, this is what the playoff has done, unfortunately, is that we can look at and view the Alamo Bowl now as somewhat of a small bowl because that used to be uh, a game with some really good matchups. Nah, I, re- I agree. And, and it, and it meant something, but it, it kind of takes, again, the playoff. And not making the playoff, it kind of takes, you know, the sting away from it.
2: You know, you played with Christian McCaffrey, right? Yeah, so I was at that Pac-12 championship game and it was just a trip like they're showing all the championship records and they you know there's a running back the number 2 all scrimmage yards in a game 250 yards. It's like 450 for the number 1 guy, Christian McCaffrey. He has been unbelievable. I was we were talking about it yesterday just like Christian McCaffrey as an athlete. Since day 1 he's been that dude, huh?
3: So funny story for you guys real quick. There was actually one day before his freshman year started that I knew that he was uh, an athletic, explosive freaking nature. And it has nothing to do with football. Because we were all playing basketball in the summer. And as you all know, like once you're done playing games, everyone tries to get their dunks in and all that <laughs> stuff. So this is one of about 30-pound lighter, still can jump a little bit. Uh got my dunks in, so I'm going over, sitting down, taking my shoes off. And I see Christian out there. And you know, I I did stereotypical, all right, cool white guy's out there, he's gonna get some shots up. Um, throws a lot from himself, and now I'm sitting there thinking, what in the world is he about to do? He so he lets it bounce off the ground, goes for a windmill, and now he he missed it, but I just sat there and was like, What in the world did I just watch? Like from that point on, again, that was before I saw him take any snap and practice, <laughs> anything like that. That's the that was like my first my first sight of Christian McCaffrey, how athletic he was, and it's like so. After that, nothing else surprises me really.
1: That's a yeah. great story. No, that is. That's that a is. great story. Hey, I think. I think Jordan, for so many things, for the fall call. I think so many people just they just forgot how dominant he was at Stanford. They just forgot how good this guy was, and he got lost in Carolina. He did. He got lost in Carolina, and he had a couple good runs, couple good playoff runs, thousand thousand. We just got lost. And he's now risen from the dead. And now he's playing like the MVP. And he's got 17 touchdowns on the season. Tied Jerry Rice for second most all-time in the single season. Six behind Jerry Rice for the '87 season. I mean, he could take the top spot with seven
2: touchdowns. And that's doable for Christian McCaffrey. It is. You know, I know that one year ago yesterday, Brock Purdy had his first ever start. Mm -hmm. Right? And just think of how dramatically the vibe is around the team and how dramatically... The team has shifted since the Christian McCaffrey trade and since the elevation of Brock Purdy.
1: So when Brock Purdy came into Miami game and he got that first start against Tampa Bay, where's your head at? Did you
2: believe? Oh, I
1: was because I thought the season was done. I, I, I don't know about like,
2: if I thought it was done. It was like, where's this going? Like, yeah, it, I, offensively, I I thought it was going to be a struggle. That's what I yeah, thought.
1: I, I was just like, boy, daddy you're a third street quarterback. I didn't. I. I didn't think much of the Dodgers last year. Once Brock Purdy got their the start. defense was so good. I they thought were that they good. could get
2: away. Yeah. Did I think they could be like a Super Bowl contender? No. Yeah, I thought they be, no. maybe win one game in a playoff. That's what I'm saying, right? Like they, they were so dominant defensively. Uh, it's like all right, we're just going to hand the ball off. and We'll just you know short controlled passing right. game. You know we'll, we'll figure it out. And he's so much better than that. And the team is so much better than that. And I just think about how different it was a year ago mm-hmm. and how this team has shifted one year from now. Like. Quarterback, not a question mark. Running back, we got an all-timer. And all of the other pieces around that guy fit beautifully. Right. Whether it's Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, the offensive line. Like, everything has changed. And then my, my opinion of Shanahan has shifted since the elevation of Brock Purdy. Like... I really had this thing like, ah, what's what is it with quarterbacks and, and Shanahan? Right? Is, is is it his temperament? Is it his rigidity? Is it stick to the script? Like, why are all these guys start off really well and then taper off and don't get better? Right. Well, yeah. now maybe it was those players not being good enough well, to be able to take that next step forward.
1: Well, Ayuk said something a couple of weeks ago where he said, you know, I would run routes like the seventy-six yard touchdown he had. He goes, I would run routes on a play knowing damn well I wouldn't get the ball. And now I'm running those same routes, saying say to myself, boy, I better be ready to get a pass from Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy seeing the entire field. Jimmy, for whatever reason, and I'm not trying to knock on Jimmy. Jimmy was good for the 49ers. I know it was up and down or whatnot, but he was a good nighter. I, I want to I wanna respect that. He was a good niner. And people don't have to agree with me. It's the same people who think <clears throat> Kevin Durant wasn't a good warrior. Kevin Durant helped us win two championships and go to three straight finals appearances. There's Put a some few respect freeway on way exits between... Right.
2: You know, Kevin Durant's no, excellence in Jimmy Garoppolo's, but I but get J- the point. But Jimmy Garoppolo
1: helped bring this franchise back from the dead. He gets credit for that. Yes, I would he, agree. he should get credit for that. Where I was at with Purdy when he started that Tampa Bay game, I go, boy, got a 3rd string quarterback. <laughs> got all these weapons.
2: You sound so depressed.
1: I was depressed. <laughs> you sound so depressed. I was depressed. depressed. And then he lit up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady on the other side. And, it, and there's a video out there on Twitter where my, I was like, my mouth was open. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like the past to McCaffrey on the sideline—that oh, was ridiculous. And they reviewed it, and he gave him the, gave him the touchdown. And the crowd started chanting Purdy, "Purdy, Purdy, Purdy, Purdy." It felt magical, and that was the moment where Trey Lance basically was out as 49ers quarterback. Whether we didn't believe it at the time, but that was the moment where it's like, "Yeah, Trey's done. Trey's done." And then Purdy goes on this run. So I would I would love to know where Niner fans were a year ago today. A year ago yesterday, I guess, where Brock Purdy made his first ever start for the 49ers. Because well, you said it in numbers in his first full season. What was it, thirty-six touchdowns, ten interceptions? Yes. 40, I mean, think 4, about that. Yards
2: what did you like with a sixty nine point eight percent
1: completion percentage? Eight eight, nine, five, seven, nine, five, seven, zero. Where were you at a year ago when it came to Brock Purdy? And did you believe that a year later? This guy would be the odds-on favorite to win the NFL's Most Valuable Player Award.
2: Like a year later, that is insane to me. Well, and I will freely admit that I, in the back of my head, was skeptical, skeptical, skeptical. I mean, he had one of the great second-half performances a 49er quarterback's had in a playoff game in years. Years, maybe decades, you know? Right. And I, I... I was still like, wow, wow. And then the very next week, it looked very – I mean, it was a tough playoff game against a really good elite defense. It looked a little constipated. And he made a couple of plays in that. So I was like, ah, I want to see him do it on the road against Philadelphia. Like, I, Me personally, I kept moving right. the bars, kept moving the goalposts, moving the goalposts, and he had the injury. And it was like, can he even come back? Right? Like, forget the play and, and where he's at. Can he even come back? Is he even physically healthy? Right. And then I was just completely – I, I just completely shut down when it became the Cowboy game. Sitting right. there watching him dismantle that team the way he did with the layered throws. I said, man, I got no questions on him. They had a little losing streak, and he played good at right. times during the losing streak. But the right. Cleveland game overall, was by far his worst game as a pro this point. Uh, he had some bad fourth quarters. That happens. You're going to throw picks. You're going to make bad decisions. You can't turn it over late in games. But then he's rebounded, and yeah. yeah, weapons are a big part of that. But he's making the most of these opportunities, and I feel great about him. So I admit, there's been times along the way where I've been up and down, but I'm all in on the man. And he's going to uh, have moments where he's going to like look a little shaky and look yeah. a little wobbly like he did early in the game against Philadelphia. But I felt like he was going to rebound in that game. And maybe yeah. I'm alone, and he did rebound in that game. And he, and, and he's going to have throws that make you go, what are you doing? Because that's well, what every quarterback does. Well, you does. know
1: what, though? I don't think I've seen an old – I didn't see an old no throw in Philadelphia. The first play of the second half was a slant the to IU. Chip. But to me, I was like, oh, no. It was like bang, bang. Okay. Blankenship okay. made a great okay. play. I was but trying I to wasn't, be fair. Yeah, but I wasn't sitting there thinking, oh, no. Like, oh, no. Oh, my God. Like he doesn't see the field. Right. He saw it. Blankenship made a great play. This guy's not throwing no no throws. All right? Number one. And so when, when you think about where Brock is, did I think he, a year later, would be an MVP candidate? Hell, no. Absolutely not. Not even close. Like think about think about what we're talking about here. We got a we got Josh Allen in the league. We have a Patrick Mahomes in the league. You got a Joe Burrow who's now hurt. You got Trevor Lawrence who's now hurt, but they don't think it's as serious as what we saw yesterday on Monday Night Football. You know Dak and Jalen Hurts, and you got Matt Stafford in the NFC West, and Connor Murray's back, and you know Geno's got the big money contract. And I'm thinking, boy, if Brock could just be Geno, great. Oh, he's a lot better than Geno right now. He sees the field a lot better than Geno. And so a year later, thinking about where Brock Purdy is, and I thought this, you know, I I said this yesterday coming out of SoFi Stadium, I had no concerns about the quarterback. However, after the bye week, I did think these next nine games out of the bye week were were important for Brock Purdy in this sense. You have to take the doubt out of Shanahan's mind because if there was any slip-up after the bye week, you know where Shanahan's mind goes. He's not a patient guy. We know he's rigid. We know he would start looking, and when you have a player friendly or team friendly contract like the one Brock has, Shanahan would start shopping again. And the whole Kirk Cousins thing, when he lit up lit us up on Monday Night Football, going, dear God, it's the worst thing to possibly happen. But Brock has recovered, lighting up Jacksonville, playing very well against Tampa Bay with the perfect passer rating, going to going to Seattle and Philadelphia, back to back weeks and lighting them up. I mean, Brock Purdy has taken that doubt out of Shanahan's mind. Well, first and I, foremost. It's funny that you
2: referenced Shanahan here, because I, I don't know about the like the, the quarterback thing, because I, I hear you on it and I understand it and I, I I subscribe to what you're saying. The thing that I've changed regarding Shanahan is I feel like actually Brock has forced him to understand that you got to deviate a little from what the primary is. How many times has Brock said, oh, this is my primary on this one? I'm going to stretch it further. I'm going to go to this guy on this particular play. And Shanahan has even said, no, 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 no. Yes, on the sideline. There's a point. It almost is like Steve Kerr with, you know, uh, Steph Curry, to an extent. You know, that's not a good three for anyone to take. But for Steph Curry to take it, right. it's okay. I feel like Brock has forced Kyle Shanahan to kind of reevaluate some of his ba- his basic football instincts. Yeah. And I love the fact that Brock is going to be a little aggressive and push those limits. I think that Brock's temperament has been absolutely... Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball
0: your way.